Hi, everyone. This is Greg White. I'm a partner here at Sway Ventures. Uh, we're a U.S.-based venture capital firm investing in early to mid-stage technology companies. Our charter is to invest in high-performing teams, building revolutionary technology, and that are creating the next enterprise or consumer categories. You know, regarding our efforts with founders and, and leadership teams, we concentrate really across four distinct areas, one being capital syndication, as you would expect, but the second being revenue generation, third, talent acquisition, and fourth, product and product strategies, and not necessarily in that order. Um, it's great to have Gene Hahn with me today. Gene is the founder and managing director of Halo Advisory Network. He's also a key advisor here at Sway Ventures within our retail and brand sector team. Um, regarding Halo Advisory, you know, they accelerate growth strategies for high potential clients disrupting retail, e-commerce, and consumer goods industries. And the firm offers customized, uh, uh, offers customized advisory services and expert consultation uh, and select business development support to companies launching new products, services, and technology. So there's the ad for your firm, Gene. Um, hey, Gene, it's, it, again, it's terrific to have you. You know, tell everyone a bit about your, uh, about your background. Yeah, well, first, thanks for having me, Greg. I really appreciate the invite. Uh, a little bit about myself. I spent almost uh, two years, uh, two decades, two years, two decades in retail, um, you know, most of it at Target, which is a leading big box retailer here in the U.S. Uh, I was leading the corporate strategy teams and as well as the innovation teams uh, for a fair amount of time. Uh, as a corporate head of strategy, I did a lot of those traditional things you would expect, uh, private label architecture, brand acquisitions, created a whole bunch of new formats and concepts. Uh, but then really got bit by the digital bug and was sent out to the Bay Area to lead the San Francisco Innovation Office there as the head of new ventures and accelerators. Um, and we were looking at emerging tech and how it's impacting consumer and retail uh, overall. Was the general manager for Target Open House, which is their concept store in downtown San Francisco. And then uh, took over the accelerator programs, uh, both across the U.S. and India. And that portfolio became one of the uh, most robust programs in retail, in my opinion, covering everything from digital retail tech to direct-to-consumer brands uh, as a whole. And uh, what's been really interesting that over that, those two decades, you know, saw three CEO transitions, um, the rise of Amazon and the retail apocalypse, and then, uh, you know, really proud of the fact that we were able to uh, work with a lot of the business leaders there to help modernize, uh, you know, where Target is today. And, you know, I think they're doing a great job in market, too. Yeah, I know, and, and it's funny because, I mean, I, I'm old, old enough to remember – kind of the old school Target and what Target is today. And it's, it, you're right, it's been an amazing transformation when you look at other large retailers that weren't able to, to kind of bridge those gaps. So pretty impressive. You know, one of the benefits of having you as an advisor here at Sway Ventures is the advice and guidance you're, you're really affording us as we stand up our retail and brand sector fund. Um, you know, your insights kind of on deal flow and corporates and strategics and diligence has really been invaluable. So I want to thank you for that. Um, you know, the, the things we spoke about over the course of the last number of months, um, it, it's incredible. I mean, and I really would like you to share with our listeners, you know, your thoughts on, on retail in this current, call it pandemic circumstance. And this is really for, for, for both customers and corps and strategics. Um, you know, give us your sense of that, because it's, it's just been a, an amazing 2020 thus far, given, given the, uh, the global pandemic. Yeah, it's been a it's been a crazy year for sure. And I think um, you know, first I'll say is everyone sees the the acceleration of the e-commerce piece, right? The stores have been shut down. Everyone's kind of forced to buy online uh, from that standpoint. But uh, the underlying fact is that uh, it's the consumer change behind that that because they're forced to go online, you've got a lot of 
folks uh, using digital and technology, maybe the first time, people that aren't uh, accustomed to you know, using the Instacarts or the DoorDashes, uh, getting meals delivered uh, from that standpoint. And uh, you know, a lot of those behaviors, consumer behaviors will be sticky over the long run. And as far as the market goes, you know, the successful retailers have adapted well. In fact, you know, what I think what you're seeing are the retailers that actually have invested in some of those capabilities uh, with some foresight of what might happen or become the new normal, even, even post-COVID. But the ones that have invested in digital, things like curbside uh, delivery, meeting consumers where they're at and being able to leverage their physical asset base, uh, largely their stores, I think is uh, what you're seeing uh, as a byproduct of what uh, what's happening right now. Well, and I think I think, and that's it's funny because I mean we're we're watching this now, and, and like as you described, there's some that have adapted, some haven't, and it's, it, yeah. it's we're watching some of the fallout of that now. Some accelerating, some frankly flat-footed or declining. So we'll we'll continue to watch that. So as you think about you know what the what the what the the next step is it's it's really what's that impact to to retailers and brands post pandemic in other words how are you how are you seeing brands retailers new companies and startups looking around corners to try to find kind of that 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 next set of opportunities yeah that's a that's a, a great question which is kind of the, the uh, crystal ball question where's retail headed um you know one way you can think about it that you're starting to see now is this uh, this idea that the world starts to bifurcate a little bit uh, the first part is this convenience bar really being elevated. And uh, because people have so many options at, at the point of sale, like, you know, so many things are kind of on demand. Um, you know, you might call it the microwave culture where you can put something in the microwave, get it in, a, in a, you know, in 30 seconds. But in, and shopping similar in that the convenience bar is really being elevated. Uh, you can think about it as, you know, when consumers go into a store that once they know what they want, they're trying to get out as fast as they can. So technologies like contactless, frictionless, cashierless, I think are, you know, here to create a, a new bar uh, of convenience. And then uh, you've already seen the curbside, BOPIS, uh, as far as what a lot of retailers are doing. Uh, quite frankly, a lot of the partnerships you're seeing in last mile delivery, again, it's the Instacarts, the, the DoorDashes, the ships uh, of the world uh, to make that convenience really, uh, really something for consumers. Uh, uh, I think that's more of the demand. Uh, you know, some of this has been propagated a little bit by Amazon too. And I think what you've seen in the market with their uh, Amazon Go technology and just the fact that things are frictionless and cashless. And uh, you've seen other kind of uh, developments in the market. Circle K is rolled out with, uh, or it has a pilot with standard cognition, uses a lot of CV on that technology. So it's really interesting to see where the convenience uh, goes, but, uh, you know, it continue to be elevated, I think, in the market. You know, the flip side then is the, personalization side or experiential. Uh, I think after we get through the, uh, the pandemic, when people return to stores, uh, because it's so easy to receive things at home, I think you're going to see um, a stronger reason to go into stores, whether it be to look, touch, feel, to experience things more. And I think it'll be more on a personalized level. And while personalization isn't new, I think it'll become more prevalent and more pronounced because uh, uh, so much of the other parts of getting your product will be pretty easy from, from that standpoint. So that's one way you can kind of think about uh, some of the uh, where retail is headed uh, post, post, uh, post the pandemic. Well, I know it's, and this, this next topic is interesting because when we've been kind of ourselves trying to look around these corners for these types of things, you, you, you know, you speak of re-commerce and, 
as something to watch. And then we, we compare that to something like ESG and corporate, corporate social responsibility. And, um, you know, and I, and you and I've talked a lot about founders that are missionary versus mercenary and, and, and through all of this uh, and two quick anecdotal stories as we've invested in two retail companies recently, retail and brands companies recently that address these wide sweeping missionary challenges such as food insecurity and trying to solve that. And one in particular, amazing founders. And one in particular is it's not an, an issue of there being enough food in the country. It's an issue of it not being in the right place at the right time. And how do you help those that are food insecure solve that? So you know, we're investing in businesses like that. And then another um, really about waste and packaging and, and this concept that it's kind of absurd that there, that, that, of the amount of waste being pumped into our environments and when in fact we can solve that. So um, we're investing in a firm as we speak here that, that uh, endeavors to change that. So, you know, with that kind of as a backdrop, tell, tell us more about your, your, you know, this concept of re-commerce as, as something to watch. Yeah. You know, you know, first thing, your first point about the startups, you got to love the fact that, you know, you, you have startups with a real purpose or kind of purpose driven mission and I think it really goes to this whole point around the social consciousness that consumers really elevating. They want companies that are out there doing good and have no purpose behind it. And you're seeing it all across retail. ESG groups are very significant in the in the retail space and very prominent in terms of you know some of the initiatives they're putting out there. And it applies to startups as well, absolutely, absolutely uh, from that standpoint. And I love those two companies that you're talking about. Uh, just the fact that they have real purpose and real do good aspects to what they're doing for profit, uh, quite frankly. And then on the second part in the re-commerce piece, you know, that that's somewhat related in that this idea of sustainability and not wanting to waste, again, to that elevated bar of social consciousness for consumers is coming to the forefront more, especially with millennials coming into purchasing power. Uh, you know, when you're out there listening to consumers, what they start to value in this new age of consumers is access over owning things. I know I grew up in an age where owning things was kind of the thing, but that's not the case anymore, uh, but having access. And so re-commerce and people, uh, you know, buying used products, you know, will become more of the norm. You can kind of watch, it's something to watch for sure. You know, funny little story, I was, uh, you know, previous boss of mine, his, his daughter was going away to college and he, he would give her a budget, you know, every semester. And her biggest line item under budget was actually for her clothes. But the interesting thing is that at the end of the semester, she actually didn't own anything because she was using subscriptions to, to figure out her closet or outfit. So at the end of the day, there weren't an additional pair of shoes in her closet or another blouse. It was actually uh, just the experience of having worn different styles and being up to, up to trend with everyone while she was attending school. So I thought that was pretty interesting to hear. Yeah, I mean, really interesting anecdotal story. You know, so look, look, there's a, there's a lot happening here. Um, I think access to you would be really helpful. It's been great to have you today. Um, and, 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 you know, equally, it's great to have you on the Sway Ventures team. You know, if, if founders, executives, or any of our listeners want to get in touch with you, how should they do that? Yeah, they can reach out to me via email, and that's gene at haloadvice. That's G-E-N-E at haloadvice.com. And thanks for having me, Greg. Really appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. Thank you, Gene. Take care.